With the Johan Oviedo news that we got a few days ago, is Mitch Keller the most important player on the 2024 Pittsburgh Pirates? We talk about that, where the urgency to patch the starting pitching hole is, and Baseball America's early top 10 prospects for Pittsburgh. All of that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates, brought to you by FanDuel. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of this wonderful show. By the way, on my lower third, right there, you can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything that the Pittsburgh Pirates do. And if you want to win some money right now, folks, over at FanDuel Sportsbook, you can do that because, you know, you should. You should go make some money over at FanDuel. We're going to talk about them a little bit later, though. So... As you've seen, I've only had the one episode this week. I haven't felt all that great. It's the time of the year. And you probably heard Monday's show as well about Johan Oviedo and the news that we got regarding Johan Oviedo and his uh, potential Tommy John surgery and his elbow discomfort and all the other things that we didn't want to hear about Johan Oviedo. And throughout that entire episode, I kept calling it a scary reality. And it's a reality that the Pirates have placed themselves in. It's a reality that I think they're going to have to fix, which we'll talk about in the second segment of today's show. But it really had me thinking as well over the last couple days, who is the most important player on this roster now? And you look at the Pirates roster and there's the obvious candidates of who the most important player is for success in 2024 is, and you could go with key Brian Hayes. You could go with Brian Reynolds. You could go with O'Neill Cruz. All of those would be fine options to say that. And all of those would also be fine options to have a very good argument behind. And then you look at Mitch Keller and normally you would say, okay, he's the best pitcher on your staff. Obviously, he's important to the team's success, but more of what else happens behind him. Now, when I'm saying this today, folks, I'm not saying that Mitch Keller is the only thing that matters in the rotation. You still have four other spots that you have to figure out, and whoever they go out and get, they're going to have to be good, too, for this rotation to have any kind of success. But when you look at what is going on in the Pirates rotation, especially if Johan Oviedo ends up being hurt long-term and misses 2024, I don't know how you look at this Pirates 2024 team and say that Mitch Keller isn't the most important player on this roster. Because there is a wide range and multitude of things that could happen to Mitch Keller that would derail the pirate season. Obvious one, injury. If Mitch Keller was to go down with injury next season, let's knock on wood right here while we do that. 
what happens to this rotation? What really happens to this rotation if Mitch Keller were to get hurt in the 2024 season? Because as I also mentioned on Monday, there was a silver lining to all this, is that the fact that the injury news for Oviedo did come out in the middle of November rather than right before spring training or in the middle of the season when it would be next to near impossible to try to patch that hole. But that's a that's something you have to think about for Mitch Keller as well, folks, is if this happens in spring training or in the middle of the season, do any of these signings that you make for the rotation even matter? And I think that's a scary, scary thing to think about. And also, he's going to have to carry the weight again on his shoulders of the rotation. He did it last season. He was an all-star for the Pittsburgh Pirates in 2023, very deservingly. Had career highs in strikeouts, career highs in innings, career highs in a lot of different metrics that would prove that moving forward, Mitch Keller is a very, very big component to what this Pittsburgh Pirate team wants to do. But the pressure's on for him now. The pressure is on Mitch Keller. Not only do I think he's going to have to replicate what he did in 2023, he might have to even be better in 2024. To which then gets into my next point about him being potentially the best player and most important player on the roster I would sign him to an extension right now because we've seen now that through four years of a rebuild, the only pitcher that we can count on going into 2024 that we at least know of right now is Mitch Keller, who was a acquisition in the draft from the previous regime that was here. Now, obviously, if Johan Oviedo wasn't injured, he looks like he would be a very viable option for this rotation moving forward. And I still think he will continue to be, even if he is out for 2024. But you look at the rest of what you have to work with right now and what's coming, which we'll talk about that in the third segment of today's show. It's not exactly like, I'm not going to say it's bad because we don't know what these players are going to turn into. But I'm also not saying that it's all sunshine and rainbows because it's clearly not. But if you have the opportunity to keep not only your best pitcher on the roster, but potentially your most important player to an extension to lock him up and know that he's going to be here, do it. And that's something that I said was on my Pittsburgh Pirates wish list for the offseason was to get Mitch Keller extended because let's say in a perfect world, he does get better than what he was in 2023. His price tag is just going to go up with it. Just like the stock in his play in fantasy baseball. If he does that well and on the team, his extension is only going to go up. His annual estimated value is only going to go up. I would get it done now. Because it's very, very, very hard to argue, folks, that Mitch Keller is not the most important player on this Pittsburgh Pirates roster going into next season. He is. Everything that surrounds this team right now and all of the shortcomings, and one of your best players is a starting pitcher, but what's behind him? What's going to be behind him in the rotation? 
and you can't exactly want to have to ask questions about Mitch Keller in 2024 when you already have so many other questions that you have to answer in that department. Other areas, I mean, Hayes, you have Triolo if something happens to Hayes. O'Neill Cruz, there's options that you could figure out with a guy like O'Neill Cruz. You have Brian Reynolds in the outfield alongside Jack Sawinski to kind of supplement the shortcomings of Jack Sawinski every once in a while. Henry Davis is going to fit in somewhere. You have your catcher of the future in Andy Rodriguez. You have multiple middle infield options in Jiwon Bay who can move between both in the outfield and the middle infield. There's answers to the other places on the roster that feature top players. There are not answers if Mitch Keller, one, does not at least replicate what he did in 2023 going into next season, and two, God forbid, if something happens to him injury-wise or he just isn't as good, what's the solution? So I really want you guys to think about this one when you think about who the most important player is going into next season for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, no matter what they do in free agency or trades or whatever they do this offseason, it's Mitch Keller. It just is. And it's a, it's a scary thing to think about that this much pressure has to be put on a guy like Mitch Keller. But here we are, folks. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are going to have to figure it out because if they don't, could be a rude awakening for 2024. Before we get into the question of where the urgency is to patch these rotational holes that the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently dealing with. Let's talk about FanDuel. Folks, FanDuel Sportsbook is your one-stop shop for sports betting this holiday season. You can go to FanDuel.com slash locked on for all of the fun because the NFL season is here and you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you think the Steelers can beat the Cleveland Browns and improve the 7-3 this weekend, go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Get your bonus money because all you have to do is bet 5 bucks to get $150 in bonus bets. With any $5 money line bet. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. You got hockey, you got football, you got basketball, there's college football, college basketball. There's so much stuff right now to go bet on. So go do it. The app is also super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over unders, and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the second half of the NFL season because FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL and an official partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. Alrighty, everybody, and welcome to the second segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates. Again, my name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan as you know, the offseason has been pretty quiet uh, so far. Mainly a lot of um, award-winning uh, stuff, like Blake Snell winning the Cy Young, Garrett Cole winning the Cy Young, uh, Gunnar Henderson 
and Corbin Carroll winning Rookie of the Year. Of course, Craig Council moving from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Chicago Cubs. And then, of course, today the sad news that the Oakland Athletics will not be the Oakland Athletics after 2024. They will be moving to Las Vegas, Nevada, becoming the Las Vegas Athletics, which just feels weird to say. Uh, especially, I know I'm only 25, but I grew up with the Oakland Athletics. I played baseball in Little League as a athletic, and that's all I ever knew them as. And honestly, it's all I'm going to really ever know them as is a team in Oakland and Moneyball, I think is going to be a little awkward now. I wonder if they're going to go back and change um, some lines in Moneyball now to make the Las Vegas cut. Um, but otherwise, it's been a very quiet offseason so far. It seems that teams are being reluctant to really start things off so far. Uh, you have, obviously, um, protections for uh, the 40-man roster were made where Chang and Ashcraft were protected by the Pittsburgh Pirates. You have that stuff. But when you see what the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently dealing with, with starting pitching, I do think it's very interesting that Ben Charrington and the front office have not really shown much urgency to fix it just yet. Now, Folks, uh, am I kind of being a little rash here? Yes. I mean, it's November 16th. They still have three and a half months to figure this out. But I would have at least expected, I think, at this point, especially after hearing the Oviedo news, and this is just all around baseball, for at least like a, a decently major signing. Now, I'm not saying like Shohei Otani or Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, but I've I thought by now that we would probably at least get like one of those signings that would be impactful to a team, at least a little bit. Now, obviously Abraham Toro went to the Oakland A's. There've been some minor league signings that we've seen across baseball as well. Obviously Yoshinobu Yamamoto is going to be available to teams. So that was big news as well. But I think for the pirates and we've seen guys be DFA'd already like Cal, Con uh, Cal Quantrill, who was a, um, a topic on Pirates Twitter over the last couple of days, of course, DFA'd by Cleveland and wouldn't be opposed to it, especially since he's just right there. But I would like to see once things start picking up, I would like to see the Pirates at least show a sense of urgency with this, because this is, again, an issue for this team that could really hinder them from being a competitive baseball team in 2024. It really could, and it's a thing that you don't really want to think about because, again, the front office, the managerial staff, the players have all hinted that 2024 is going to be a competitive season. Then the only news we've gotten pretty much all offseason from the Pirates is an injury to one of your starting pitchers, and now you have this major hole in the rotation. And sadly, Mitch Keller can't pitch all five days during the season. But at the end of the day, the urgency, I think, will be there. Now, what kind of players are the Pirates going to go after to figure this out? We don't really know. There hasn't been a lot of talk on what the Pirates are really going to do and how they're going to attack this. And you guys heard who I would really like to see come over to Pittsburgh, Alex Wood, 
Martin Perez, Eduardo Rodriguez, Vince Velasquez on a return would be pretty nice. But when you look at the state of the rotation and what's available to you now, there's just too many questions. There's too many things that you're going to have to try to answer while the season is going on that I just don't think Pirates fans are going to want to put up with. I don't think it's something even the front office really wants to put up with. And I know that we all love Rowanzi Contreras. We love uh, Luis Ortiz and his massive jump that he had in his meteoric rise that he had through the system in 2022. Quinn Priester has consistently been one of the top arms in the system and now officially made its MLB debut, but didn't really impress like a lot of us would have hoped to see. But again, with everything I just said, that's a lot of questions. And you don't exactly want to be asking yourselves a lot of questions in a year where you say that you want to be a competitive baseball team. So the urgency, I need to see it. And as I also said on uh, Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it nowadays, anything that doesn't pertain to a starting pitcher at this point, I just don't really care. I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of things. It will eventually but I do think if you're going to show that sense of urgency in acquiring starting pitching, it needs to be starting pitching. It just needs to be. It doesn't need to be a first baseman unless it's, you know, Reese Hoskins or Santana or one of the big names. I mean, if you go out and get a big name, that's fine. But I do think right at this current moment, your only thought process that you need to have is fixing this rotation. And by fixing it, we don't know if they're going to truly end up fixing it by acquiring these guys. These are all wild card signings unless you go out and get these crafty veterans that we've seen play, like a Perez, like a Rodriguez. It's stressful as a podcast host for this, uh, covering this team, as a fan of watching this team, as you guys, the listener and the fan, to not really know what's going on because the urgency hasn't been shown yet. And it's really just a lot of questions. And who do I want to see on this team? And who does the front office want to see on this team? And what's going to be available? And how much are they going to spend? And what what are they going to go after? It's a lot of stressful questions. It's not like we have a set rotation and then we just need one arm. They need three, probably at the least for me to at least even feel in the slightest comfortable about what's going on with this rotation. And even then you have to consider how do these guys turn out depending on who they get? Yeah. It might be fine and dandy that they get Martin Perez, but do they get 2023 Martin Perez who still isn't a bad pitcher? Do they get the potential Cy Young candidate, Martin Perez, or does he start to regress a little bit? It gets a little interesting. Eduardo Rodriguez, It. I mean, do they go out and spend that much money to get him? It's a lot of questions, but the urgency needs to be there, and it needs to be there not only for us, needs to be there for the team itself, for those players on the roster, for Mitch Keller right now. Because if you are saying we want to be competitive in the calendar year 2024, you got to show some urgency and go out and get some of these guys. And honestly, I expected them to go get Cal Quantrill. 
Because why not? <laughs> I mean, you have nothing else to lose at this point with what you have in the rotation. But I do suspect that once things start to pick up, the Pirates will be fully ingrained in the starting pitching market. How they'll be ingrained in it, I don't know. None of us know. But I do think that this offseason, although it's gotten off to a rocky start for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, I do think it's going to end up being a pretty good offseason. I do think that the Pirates are going to do some worthwhile things and give us a little a, a little sigh of relief. Not a big sigh of relief, but a little tiny sigh of relief once it's all said and done. And before we talk about Baseball America's early top 10 prospects for the Pittsburgh Pirates, which ironically enough is loaded with pitching, be right back. Alrighty, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates. Again, my name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. You'll hear about that in the outro of today's episode. But a few days ago, we got a uh, fun thing from Baseball America to talk about. It was their top Pirates prospects kind of early. Heading into 2024, things change. Things can, you know, some guy could vault through it with a good Arizona Fall League and all that other stuff. But I thought it was good to talk about today because it's something good to talk about because prospects are always fun. And I, I think that when you break down the top 10, it is interesting that from somebody that would probably not know baseball that well, they would look at your prospects and be like, oh, like the, they, they don't need to go get starting pitching because all these guys are sitting here. Sadly, that's not the case. And I wish it was, but it's not. And when you look at the top 10, we're just going to go name them off real quick. Number one is Paul Skeens, to no one's surprise whatsoever. Uh, Paul Skeens, potentially generational pitching talent out of LSU, was a two-way player at Air Force. There's a lot of chatter, obviously, on who is going to be selected number one overall by the Pittsburgh Pirates in the 2023 draft. Was it going to be Skeens? Was it going to be his teammate, Dylan Cruz? Ended up being Skeens, which I still think was the correct decision by this Pittsburgh Pirates team, and now looking at the roster, the even more correct decision. And the biggest question, I think, for Skeens is how does he look to begin 2024, and can he break the Major League roster in 2024? I think those are the two biggest questions that will surround him throughout the entire season. I think he'll start in A Altoona, quickly jump to Indianapolis, and if he performs well in Indianapolis, folks, you're probably going to see him in a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform. Now, I would say the earliest that you probably get that is, I'd say, July, maybe August. Don't expect it to be at the beginning of the season because that's just not how it works. But Paul Skeens speaks for himself. Bubba Chandler, one of my favorite pro uh, prospects in the entire system, comes in at number two. Uh, obviously, we remember his draft story, elected to come to the Pittsburgh Pirates in the draft rather than going to play quarterback for the Clemson Tigers. And Dabo Sweeney has risen up the board 
ever since he got here. Phenomenal young pitcher. Jared Jones, a guy that will be on a lot of people's radars, comes in at number three as a guy who could potentially break the major league roster in 2024. And Jared Jones hopefully will not fit the mold of what we've seen from a lot of these guys that have come up like a Quinn Priester, who we'll mention in a minute and other guys like that. Jones phenomenal fastball is still working a little bit on his off uh, off speed pitches, but is doing some very good stuff with it. I think he's going to continue to get better in 2024. I think he's going to solidify himself as a potential rotation arm in this Pittsburgh Pirates system. And you will probably see Jared Jones debut next season. Anthony Solomedo comes in at number four, a guy that I could see getting a little bit of a cameo at the end of 2024. Phenomenal lefty, has that really wacky finish that he's kind of uh, tinkered with throughout his time in the minor leagues, but he is absolutely feasted on the bottom levels of the minor league system. I think he'll probably start in double A and stay there for quite a bit in 2024, eventually move on to 20, uh, eventually move on to triple A in Indianapolis, maybe make a cameo start in August or September. But if he really improves, he's another guy like Jared Jones that honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if he actually made his way to the Pittsburgh roster. Obviously, Termar Johnson comes in this list at number five in the top bat in the system via Baseball America. We know enough about Termar Johnson at this point, the number four overall selection in 2022. Kid is only like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, still growing into his body, has very sneaky power, had a phenomenal 2022 and 2023 campaign, will only continue to get better. Future second baseman on this roster will continue to grow throughout 2023 has the possible, uh, or 2024, sorry. I would say he has the possibility to make a appearance in 2025 full-time, but it just really depends on how he continues to grow, how he continues to develop, and if he can stay healthy. Quinn Priester clocks in at number six, did not play enough and did not graduate in 2023 to come off of the prospect list and comes in at number six. His issues were apparent in Pittsburgh, and is a big reason why we have a lot of questions in the rotation, has to work on the fastball placement, has to work on getting a consistent off-speed pitch, has to work on his command. Those are the big things that Quinn Priester needs to work on in the offseason. We don't really know where he's going to start the year. I guess it will really depend on how his spring training goes. I could see him starting at the MLB level as a back-end rotation option. I could see him starting in AAA and honing things down and eventually coming back up. Another phenomenal arm, Thomas Harrington, comes in at number seven. Much like Solometo, has dominated the bottom levels of the system. I think he'll probably start the season still in single A. He's still a younger candidate uh, and a younger kid. I think he'll start in single A. Greensboro, quickly make his way to Altoona, where I think he'll spend most of the year. Maybe get a jump to Indianapolis at the end of the season in 2024. 2025 will come. I think he'll start in 2025 in Indianapolis and then obviously make his way into the rotation conversation. Nick Gonzalez comes in at number eight. Nick is somebody that I've loved ever since the Pirates drafted him. The first draft pick that I had the pleasure of covering on this uh, podcast, he was the 2021 or the 2020 pick uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates at number seven overall. Was considered the best pure hitter in that class. Sadly, has not really shown us a lot of that at the MLB level. Does fine at the minor league level, 
Hopefully he doesn't turn into a uh, 4A player. I do think he'll continue to grow in himself, and then he'll eventually bring those bat tools to the major league level and be a very consistent hitter on this roster. Uh, Sung Che Shang, the first of two guys who Braxton Ashcraft comes in at number 10, that were protected by the Pittsburgh Pirates to be on the 40-man roster and avoid Rule 5 eligibility. Both of those guys are going to continue to do good things. They deserve to be in the top 10 by Baseball America. Ashcraft, I think, will end up being the better of the two, but still very young players that have a lot of growth to do. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Locked On Pirates here or watching if you're on YouTube. Here on the Locked On Podcast Network, you can follow me on Twitter right there at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates for all of your news, analysis, opinions, and reactions to everything the Pittsburgh Pirates do this wonderful 2023-2024 offseason. You can follow this podcast on Spotify, Odyssey, Google Play, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a wonderful rest of your Thursday, November 16th. Thanksgiving's a week away, folks. But until then, we'll see you on the flip side.